Welcome to the Sustain UW podcast, a place for sustainability conversation, expert interviews, and news hosted by student interns from the UW-Madison Office of Sustainability. We want to know, what's up with sustainability and where should we go from here? Before we dive into today's episode, we want to remind you that the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the views of the Office of Sustainability, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Now, let's get into today's show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sustain UW podcast. I'm Rory, and today we'll be discussing the recent Barbie movie through the lens of sustainability. I'll be hosting this episode with fellow Barbies, Britta and Bryn. Yes, I'm I'm Barbie Britta, and I'm so, so excited to talk about the movie. Uh, But as a warning, we will be discussing this film in depth, and there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie and don't want it spoiled, watch it and come back to us. (laughs) Yeah. Hi, I'm Barbie Brin, and with that being said, after a quick Google search, we found the following summary of the film. Barbie and Ken are having the time of their lives in the colorful and seemingly perfect world of Barbie land. However, they get a chance to go to the real world, and they soon discover the joys and perils of living among humans. With that said, I wanted to ask, what were everyone's initial thoughts while watching the film? Brin, what were your thoughts? (laughs) Uh, I loved it. Personally, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. It perfectly combined my sense of childish humor with really deep, meaningful messages about womanhood. So it was it was really enjoyable for me. Yeah, I also I've been anticipating this movie for like such a long time. And the amount of content I was consuming about this movie before even seeing the movie, I was surprised that when I got to the theater, sat down and watched the movie, I was still like surprised by the plot. I kind of had assumed like of course that it would be funny and it would be entertaining, but I kind of thought the plot wouldn't be what it was just based off everything I saw. So I was so surprised that I was able to still be surprised by things that were happening. So yeah, I'm very happy with it. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. I think I was expecting maybe something a little bit more lighthearted and it did have its fun and playful moments, but the message, the messages in it were very intense. I laughed. I cried. I had an existential crisis. Um, I giggled. It was an amazing movie-going experience. It really was. And I mean, the whole movie is about an existential crisis. (laughs) So if you're not having one sitting in the theater, you're not watching. What movie are you watching? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. So this movie is about Barbies and Ken dolls. And I just wanted to know what your relationships with Barbie involve and if you played with Barbies when you were little and how that was as a child. Yeah, for me, I loved Barbie media. So I consumed all the movies like Barbie Princess and the Popper, Island Princess, all that good stuff. But I was never actually allowed to have a Barbie doll. My mom was kind of skeptical of it at the time, which I didn't really understand. I just saw it as a doll. But I matured and I realized it definitely has some problematic images, but yeah, that was my experience growing up with Barbies. Did your mom ever like explicitly say why she didn't want you to have one or was that like a conversation you had? Um, no. And I mean, I did have some Barbie dolls of just the movie characters, but Mm -hmm. when it came to like dress up Barbies, I didn't have one of those. Um, I just remember I, I was gifted one with like high heels, but for some reason, I had to get rid of it. I'm not sure why, but it, it was really cute. But anyways, That's, my mom wouldn't let me have Bratz dolls. I think okay. mainly because the name. But I, I did have Barbies. I honestly don't really remember playing with them that mm-hmm. much. Um, I think I definitely like the core memory I have with it is for some reason my brother, my sister, and I decided to rip the head off, <laughs> and like. <laughs> My dog like chewed it and So you made weird Barbie. So we made really constructed <laughs> no. weird Barbie. <laughs> and like I do remember like setting fire to the hair and seeing if it would burn. It was like we did experiments on the Barbies. Oh wow. Those yeah. poor Barbies roaming around Barbie Land like that forever I'm, now. I wonder what our Barbie would look like in Barbie Land. Crazy. Okay, well I had then <laughs> the quintessential like Barbie experience, I guess. I don't think Um, I have an older sister, and so I'm assuming most of the Barbies I got were hers, like, Mm. at one point. There's a picture of me, and I'm, like, four, and I'm holding a Barbie doll that I got 
for um, Christmas and it, it was a themed one. It was like one of the princesses or something. It might have been like from Princess and the Popper. And I, I don't remember that moment, but then I do remember getting um, a Barbie dream house when I was younger. Oh, yes, that was a big deal. And it was a big deal to my friends that I had that as well. But I vaguely remember playing. I remember playing like family and like house with them, like very typical Barbie dream house, what you do in a house type mm-hmm. thing. But I, I like quickly transitioned out of Barbies. Uh, like that wasn't something I played with for a, a while. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand wanting to play with them just as like house because when I was little, they didn't have their all extended brand of like Barbie in STEM, yeah. Barbie in anthropology. It's, yeah. It was kind of limited. It was like very limited from the movies in like the basic Barbie. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I ever identified them as like, oh, this Barbie is an astronaut. This Barbie is this, even though in the 60s, that is what they were marketed as. Like, yeah. your Barbie can be anything. This is a woman and she can do whatever, mm-hmm. whatever she wants. But I don't remember like walking in the store and being like, oh, that Barbie's a doctor. I can be a doctor. Yeah. I don't like remember that uh, character trait, the occupation character trait that the Barbies had. Reflecting back, do you feel like playing with Barbies, I guess, like, influenced you or like your view of yourself or your view of womanhood i i don't think so okay i was Um, about to say the same i don't really remember i don't think i ever looked at it and was like consciously my body needs to look like that yes i need to look like that but i was also a little girl with blonde hair and blue eyes Mm. like i already kind of looked like the quintessential barbie so there was never like I'm, I'm white. Like there was never like you could a, see a yourself yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to say, like I don't think children see that stuff when they're little. Mm-hmm. It's usually parents forcing, um, maybe those ideas on them of like different body images. But you're just a kid. It's just a little Barbie toy that you want to yeah. play with. Um, I mean that was just my experience. I don't know for everyone, but would you play with friends Barbies if when you got the chance or? I mean, yeah, any any toy was a toy. I did enjoy Barbies when I played with them, yes. Barbie is, I, I feel like seeing the evolution of Barbie from when, even before we were playing with it to now is kind of crazy. Because like we mm-hmm. were talking about, the occupation, at least in the early 2000s, was not at yeah. the forefront of what Barbie was kind of doing for children. It was just a toy mm-hmm. and that wasn't, that aspect of Barbie wasn't, emphasized I would say yeah yeah and I have to say that's really one of the big characteristics I like of Gloria in the movie the mother because her daughter has lost all appeal in Barbie but Gloria still clings on to the idea that Mm -hmm. Barbie can be this figure in her life who healthily represents everything she wants to be as a woman and kind of the plot is her struggling with being a real woman with, you know, cellulite and depression mm-hmm. and trying Anxiety. to, <laughs> yes, and trying to fit that into a Barbie. But I still enjoy how Gloria kept her kind of childish wonder surrounding these toys and inviting girlhood into her womanhood. Totally. Um, I would love to know everyone's movie going experience because I feel like yes. if not as big as the movie was the whole experience surrounding the movie, dressing mm-hmm. up, et cetera, et cetera. What, how did you guys find it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the whole – we haven't really talked about more the point of the movie, but mm-hmm. I think the whole point of the movie and the impact of the movie is the experience and not the movie. Mm-hmm. That's like my big takeaway from after seeing it, reviewing a lot of like content on the movie too. The big takeaway is that like – Women are talking about their experiences with Barbie. You're going to the movie. Usually, like, I went with all of my girlfriends and we all wore pink and it was, like, an event. And, like, it just, like, brought people together. And so I had so much fun. It it was – we went shopping before and, like, thrifted, like, pink outfits. My, like, friend crocheted, like, a pink top. And this was, like, a talking point for weeks in my friend group. And – it was it was like a holiday or something when we were when we were gonna go see it. So that was it was just so much positivity, and I think that was at least for me the biggest like outcome of the movie. Yeah, I really like you emphasizing the experience. Um, it was just so wonderful to see women supporting women and yeah. everyone going to the theater in pink. And I remember when I was leaving after watching the movie, you know, teary eyed, listening to Billie <laughs> Eilish. 
um, there was an old woman decked out in pearls and pink walking in with her husband, maybe in their 80s. And it was just really, it was really great knowing that this is reaching such broad audiences and able to carry this supportive experience, but also the message within the film to everyone. No, I will say my mom and my grandma went, not with me, but separately, and they sent me pictures and they were wearing Aww. pink. And my grandma was like, I almost wore my pink sandals, but I couldn't find them. I'm so Wait, the, I'm effort, the effort of my grandma for this movie. <laughs> I completely agree. It was I was not expecting walking to the theater to see the broad like ranges of ages of all the women there. Yes. I like from six to like sixty-six women like from all like backgrounds and all these different costumes. And it was so cute how everyone kind of chose like a different Barbie to kind of emulate or just wore pink or just like had a cute little outfit on and it just it literally seemed like a holiday like mm -hmm. and in our my group chat with my friends we were talking about this premiere for weeks before we had like a countdown we were like <laughs> barbie in like two days everybody <laughs> we're like get ready and everyone was like what are you gonna wear what are you gonna get it was so much fun it was a beautiful time I kind of wish I could live it again <laughs> yeah actually yeah I'm going to see I'm, it like, for the first time grieving it like the first time seeing it you had an interesting encounter at the movies, didn't you? Yeah, when everyone was kind of pooling out, um, a lot of women went to the restroom and in line was a professor for women and gender studies here at UW-Madison. UW and we kind of, well, she kind of shared her, her views on the movie and she said she was looking forward to it so much and that she really enjoyed it. So it was just great to see that not only was this attracting, you know, Gen Z, but also academics yes. who were very excited about representation of women in media today. Yeah. Um, did she say if she was, um, you said she enjoyed the movie, but did she say anything about her expectations coming into it? I didn't get that far okay. in conversation with her. Um, but yeah, it was, from what I heard, everyone in line, it was everyone really enjoyed it and they were all like oh I need to go call my mom I need to go say I love you um so it was just a really great reflective experience I think for everyone totally now that we've covered the experience should we dive into the beast that is that is Barbie, the that is Barbie yes <laughs> oh my gosh but as like you just said with gender and women's studies professors seeing it there's obviously a lot of like gender theory in Barbie and Barbie is there's so much about femininity and I bring that up because gender equality is one of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. It's um, what, number five? Number Goal five. number five is gender equality, which I don't think people usually connect. Sustainability and gender equality, there are big connections there and making sure everyone has equal opportunity for things, uh, just progressive society as a whole. How did you think uh, Barbie did with kind of portraying femininity and its uh, feminist messages, even though some don't think it was feminist enough? I really enjoyed the satirical take on it. Um, they kind of flipped the coin. So women in Barbie land were the head of society and the Kens not so much, which is what women face every day. Um, they're always looked down upon or have to do harder to receive equal outputs. Yeah, I found it a really interesting take and a way to gather new audiences to discuss this very serious topic. What were your thoughts, Rita? I think it did a good job bringing the bringing that conversation up. Totally. Uh, again, it is a movie made by Mattel mm -hmm. that is PG as well. I, I think in the conversation, I think a lot of people aren't mentioning that it's PG. They can't necessarily bring up too many intricacies, uh, intricacies and mm -hmm. ideas because it is intended for an eight-year-old girl mm -hmm. like that. Um, and there were still a lot of points there um, where – Younger people might not understand all of all of it, but they could still have fun. And the way that it highlighted the patriarchy as both affecting women and men, I think, was well was well done. And that men aren't really left out in that equation. Like the patriarchy hurts all of us, and it's hurting the climate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I appreciated that too. Because all the a lot of the criticisms I'm seeing is that it's kind of anti men, and I would fully disagree with that. I think. Like you said, it's anti-patriarchy mm -hmm. and not anti-men. And that, yeah, it, it really did a great job of showing that it hurts men too. And, you know, Ken's whole journey of he's Knuff. He's Knuff. He is Knuff. I'm Knuff. Are you, you're Knuff. Everyone's Knuff. He is just Ken. And mm -hmm. he's not an extra to anyone's story. He just is. And he deserves his own 
a life outside of Barbie and Ken. And that's what he realized. And he realized, too, he could cry. He realized that patriarchy wasn't about horses. Yeah. Um, I w- like, what are your thoughts on Ken, like Ryan Gosling and Ken? I've, I've heard some things that it overshadowed maybe a bit of Barbie's journey. Do you agree? I When I initially watched the film, I didn't see that very much. But after reading things, I definitely understood the other side where, I don't know, his character, some argued, had the most depth compared mm-hmm. to Barbie. We got to see his happiness, his motives, his... I Some were saying it was just more character development for Ken. Did any did any of you pick up on that? I I agree with those statements and I've also read like similar critiques. I agree to it to an extent. I think Barbie was already a character, you know, to a lot of us. She's someone that we all knew, especially if you were a uh, a woman going into it, you were like very aware of who Barbie was and I don't know, I feel like her character was somewhat built up until the movie. Like we all know who stereotypical Barbie is and Ken like they poked around in the movie no one really cares about Ken like so I think his arc helped because it gave an identity to a character that we kind of didn't have an identity for Barbie we create our own identities for I guess and a lot of it was there for comedic effect too because some of the critiques it was like she didn't have enough depth and he overshadowed her but a lot of that was because oh it's funny that whole Ken Mm -hmm. song was like funny a lot of Ken's like quips were just like for comedic effect and Ryan Gosling just doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, he got his own musical performance, uh, yeah. whole choreography, the dance, the song. Yeah. And I've seen really amazing responses to that whole journey of Ken and how I think at least my movie theater was filled mostly with women. But mm-hmm. like I even overheard some some dudes like over, like talking about it on the way out and they were like, wow, like go Ken. Like love Ken I was like me too man like go Ken because he realized he didn't have to encapsulate his identity through what in the normal world was telling him to that was horses that was yeah um the the big fur coats he like kind of realized that he didn't have to do that and he also realized that chasing the girl aka Barbie does not have to be his journey or like his main Mm -hmm. he realized he could be autonomous yes exactly yeah and yeah what are you gonna say yeah which is much as like mainstream Disney films or like the old Barbie movies portray it, it's always some god chasing it was always like that sort of chase and like as much as that was negative for us it was negative for men as well exactly do you want to turn it over to talk about the Gloria monologue yes the Gloria okay. monologue this is this is America Freire's monologue in it I'm going to read just just a portion of it it starts out with she's saying this to all the, all the Barbies about being a real woman and, and not a Barbie land woman <laughs> But it is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart, and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like, we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. You can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to be a loving mother, but you don't talk about your kids all the time. And then, and then it goes on to kind of keep saying these contradictory qualities of um, being a woman. I I know this monologue was out before the movie was released, but I mm-hmm. didn't see it. So um, were you guys expecting this monologue What were, when you, it came on screen? What did you think? I didn't know it was out pre-release. Uh-huh. I remember – so up until that point, the movie had also, like, made me emotional and made me reflect. But that – something about – it's – there's – there's not a good enough word for it, but it's like you, I felt so seen and I'm sure, and all my friends, we all just kind of, it was like putting your experience so far as a woman in today's society into words and voice, mm-hmm. giving words to those intricate, complex feelings you feel when you just like step outside the door into the world as a woman in America. And yeah. I just had never felt so recognized because it's it's things that I feel like you don't say everyone feels them but you don't ever say it out loud if that makes sense what were your thoughts yeah I mean I was not expecting this dialogue because it had for the most part been a lot of laughing and giggling and then she just took the scene and just absolutely blew my mind like 
when when she was finished, there was like a long silence and then everybody just started clapping and whistling. And some of my friends were crying because like you said, Rory, it it was such mundane things that yeah. we don't question that much. Some of those things I don't think about because they're so normalized. But when she said it, it made me feel so seen and mm -hmm. realize the problem, the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I really wonder the impact that monologue will have on people that haven't necessarily heard that said before. Because I know I've had conversations about essentially that monologue with my friends before, well before like we heard the monologue. And those are things that they've talked about in classes and stuff. And it's been like a conversation, things that we're all aware of. But for I think of people like my mom and grandma who like didn't necessarily take gender and women's studies classes or didn't have that spelled out in such a way that seems to me that seems oh yeah that makes sense I recognize that this is my lived experience and that's the patriarchy but not everyone has that especially like we live in Madison and mm -hmm. we're all we're all younger and those are more of a conversation online so all ages are going to Barbie and I wonder if that monologue will kind of cause some people to like realize something that they hadn't before and that's why it's such an emotional part of the movie because even though it seems so simple and so like explicit talking some, we just don't say some of those things out loud sometimes. Especially, I appreciated how they recognized sometimes the competitiveness between women mm -hmm. in regards to looks or careers or kids. There's, like, the patriarchy is a very special way of making women feel competition towards each other mm -hmm. in order to, like, I don't know, like... Succeed. To succeed and up. utilize yes. that conflict to only serve the patriarchy more, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's like the correct way to put it. Maybe I can think of a better way no, to yeah, say it. No, yeah, it just keeps serving the patriarchy more. And this reminds me of, uh, I read the Washington Post's review of it by Michelle Singletary, how Barbie <laughs> primed, primed us for a life of conspicuous consumption. And it talks about how like there's so many makeovers of Barbie and Barbie always has these accessories. And as a child, you're like, oh, I have my Barbie, but I need to get this outfit. I need to get her doctor studio. I need to get this purse or shoes or whatever was in it. And there was always, I mean, that's Mattel wanting to make money, but part of that is like, oh, you always need something else. Mm -hmm. You always need something else. And that as a woman, you feel, oh, I'm this, but I always need to have this as well. There's always something that you don't have and you look down on yourself for that you think, oh, that other woman has this. And like you're comparing yourself much like how Barbie just kept on putting out products mm -hmm. and like driving like a women, uh, girls to be like, oh, well, my friend has this this Barbie and they have this. And like, I, I want that. And that's just this beginning stage of like what it's like to be a woman, I guess. Yeah. And not to mention consumerism. Like Not to mention. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're set up to never be enough. And yeah. And to always need to buy something else. Yeah. To, to be enough, enough, which is interesting. Yeah. How did you guys feel Mattel and just the Barbie movie in general did with relating to capitalism. I know Sasha had some commentary <laughs> calling Barbie a fascist and saying she was just driving this economy of capitalism and poor Barbie was left in tears. I did feel a little mm -hmm. bad, but yeah. everything she was saying was so true. How did you guys feel about that and the way the movie kind of addressed it? I'm split between, I, I believe the New York Times is what said this line, satirically capitalistic or capitalistically satire. So is it poking fun at capitalism or is it kind of capitalism attempting to kind of insert itself like is it just supporting it more and not necessarily poking fun of it and showing the flaws i feel like it's the second i feel like it's inserting just because not even in the movie but in like the real world marketing campaign mm -hmm. that barbie had it you literally could not like turn your head without seeing another collaboration Barbie Burger King meal, Barbie at H&M collab. Um, at the movies, you don't want to get a regular popcorn bucket. You can get the Barbie Corvette popcorn mm -hmm. bucket that has like holds like two kernels of popcorn, but it's like 60 bucks. <laughs> you like get this new these new nail polishes. They're Barbie colors like every single like facet of every industry. Like there was some Barbie thrown in there and it just felt yeah. a little bit just a little bit, well, not even a little bit. It just felt like too much. I don't know mm -hmm. if that was all necessary. 
No, I agree. And even in the movie, I felt that all of the scenes with Will Ferrell and the CEOs, it was, well, A, you were in the real world and that didn't feel like the real world. The second you entered that Mattel business room, Mm -hmm. like conference room, I was like, this still seems like Barbie. It just didn't feel right. And for how that corporation would actually be running. So that was that was the one thing I, I didn't enjoy about the movie and how it portrayed that. But that it, yeah, made it seem like none of it's serious. Like it mm-hmm. was not really making a statement, especially at the end when it was like, oh, ordinary Barbie, we can't do that, but it'll make money. Exactly. So now we're doing that. And it just, it felt like they didn't take that part seriously enough. No. And like, I can understand why, because Mattel's literally bankrolling <laughs> the entire film. Yeah. And I understand it's such a hard line is like to tiptoe, but I don't know. It didn't. That I feel like that's a major like critique I would have with it. Yeah. And going forward, I mean, even in it, you could tell what things were ads. Like mm-hmm. Birkenstocks for sure paid to have them oh my be gosh. that option. Yeah. Whatever car Gloria was driving in that unnecessary Speed car chase. chase. <laughs> yeah, that was for sure an ad. But like we we we're all used to that. We all see that. But what kind of got me more after the fact was when they would show I think Ken was, like, throwing clothes out of Barbie's dream house or something. And they would, like, pop up on scene, uh, on on the screen like it was an ad, kind of. Mm. And that was, like, funny when you're in it, especially if you were, like, older and you're, like, oh, I remember that outfit. Like, it's funny. But they're selling all of those. And they're sold out. Mm -hmm. Like, you can get the Barbie movie outfit. And that's, like, all sold out. And it's, like, okay, so this was a funny quip in the movie. And it kind of made fun of these ads and stuff. But now you're capitalizing on it. Absolutely. Yeah. I read some things that people were calling the movie plastic because – they were using satire to highlight the faults of the patriarchy, mm-hmm. but and they were also poking at the irony of empowering women and the matriarchy done under a capitalistic interest of men. Mm. But it's genuinely what they were doing. Yeah. When you get to the the depths of it, it was in the end just a really big marketing. I guess, plot, which sounds absolutely awful. I still very much enjoyed the film, Mm -hmm. um, and I do still love Barbie, but that is definitely a strong critique, I guess I could say I have, and maybe some others. Mm -hmm. No, I'm a sheeple. Like, literally, I'm a sheeple because I was like, ooh, the Barbie movie, like, I need to get the... There's, like, Barbie... You know the um, roller skates they wear? Yes. They have those for sale. You should not have told me that. I know. Yeah, (laughs) okay. Now we all want to buy Like, it works. Like, it literally works. And when you take a step back and realize, too, that this is Mattel's strategy for the next couple years is, like, pushing out all of these movies Mm -hmm. to, one, increase their sales and to increase their relevancy and to revamp their IP that's decades old and Wait, which, yeah, I'm going to add some background yeah. to that. So Mattel got a new CEO like not that many years ago, and he hadn't really been in the toy business. He had been in media. And when he came to Mattel, he was like, we have so much intellectual property. We have so much IP. Let's capitalize on it. Um, and he had a media background, which first off, Barbie already has movies. Let's <laughs> let's acknowledge yeah, the we... princess and the popper <laughs> yep, and the impact the that those had. Um, but he's like, we're going to utilize this IP and we're going to make this Barbie movie. And they have a few more down the line. So they have a Polly Pocket one that's going to come out. Uh, that's supposed to be directed by Leah Dunham. And then Thomas and Friends, which has the actor Daniel something. He's the actor from Get Out. He's mm. directing and starring in it, I believe. And then there's a J.J. Abrams, like Hot Wheels. They're like pushing all of this Ridiculous. out, which makes me like feel a little uneasy about the movie because I love what it is and I loved the hype around it but now it's like oh this is just a start of a big intellectual property and IP thing yeah which which, yeah tying it back to sustainability the production of all of these plastic Mm -hmm. toys that's just like one of the original disputes about Barbie that they are plastic toys and with producing this movie we are already seeing so many new products on the market and I find myself falling trapped to it, just like mm-hmm, where yeah. I was talking about the new rollerblades. It's it's just a way people are falling back into the rhythm of overconsumption and capitalism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not good, but also no, good. it's so appealing. It is. And, and I do think like Greta Gerwig did as much as she could yeah. to yes. make this movie not seem like a big ad. In all of the reviews I read, the main thing was... You know, it could have been a lot worse. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, yep. That's actually so They were funny. like, it. she made this world of IP 
and like of, oh, we're just going to remake that movie because we know people will like it and buy it. And it added a human side to the story and it didn't just feel like an ad. And there was so much depth to it, which she did as much as she could. And from what she said, she pushed Mattel on things. She was like, I'm not cutting this scene or else I don't want to make the movie. Mm -hmm. Like if we don't have the scene, I'm not doing this. So she tried her hardest. But at the end of the day, it's still Mattel. Yeah. Yeah. They had the vision. They had the feminist vision and mm -hmm. they fought for it. Even though Mattel claims that this movie is not feminist. This is true. Yeah. No matter how diluted their <laughs> claims. Yes. I find it funny how Mattel doesn't think it's a feminist movie, but Margot, Robbie, Greta Gerwig, Issa Rae, all the cast, it will use the word feminist to describe this movie. Mm -hmm. I remember, I think in the Time article, the interviewer asked Margot about her thoughts on the Mattel executive not saying that it was a feminist movie. And she was just kind of sighed and then was like, kind of said it was in so many words instead of using the word feminist. It's just interesting. Now that we've talked about consumerism and kind of touched on that, let's dive yeah. into Barbie land versus normal world thoughts and feelings, reflections. Barbie land is the patriarchy flipped. We got a matriarchy. Mm -hmm. The women are in charge. There's my, representation. My, yeah, my favorite part, not favorite part, but one of the best parts of the movie is when Barbie ends up in the real world and she sees an ad for, I don't actually know what, but it's a bunch of women Was in bikinis. It might have been Hooters or like a reality TV show. And she was like, oh, my God, the Supreme Court. Yeah, <laughs> That was right. so funny. But, yeah, that's exactly that. It showed how it's extremely flipped. They had all women and then the real world didn't. And then it's when those combined that it got weird when Ken like came back and brought the patriarchy with him. Yeah. And the horses. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. It was I saw something about how. So in Barbie land, the Ken's. Yes, they're underappreciated and they're not valued, but they live their lives carefree and they are not harmed or oppressed. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the normal world, you know, it's flipped. So it's the patriarchy. Women are undervalued, not appreciated, but we're also hurt and objectified yeah. Yeah. and Well, assaulted. within the first two minutes of the real world, Barbie got Literally like, assaulted. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I find that interesting that they noted that in, the, like, in Barbie land... Yeah, there was some gender inequality between the Barbies and the Kens, but the Kens were not, I guess, objectified. Yeah, they weren't. They could have theoretically just lived their life, life, you know, but it was just the basis of the world was that they were living for Barbie. But mm -hmm. that didn't have to be the case. No, and they weren't. They went to the beach. <laughs> yeah. They went to the beach. They surfed. They, yeah, I guess they competed for Barbie's attention. Mm -hmm. But I just found that interesting. I, I thought that was a really interesting reflection looking back. I don't know. Yeah. And then it's also <laughs> very, for lack of a better term, man of them mm. to come back and be like, we've been so oppressed. Yeah. And I'm like, you're you're safe. You're no, safe. you're not scared to walk home at night. I'm sure you're not. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know I haven't heard it expressed that way and that's very true i was like you just came back and assumed that everything was bad for you even though it's it's not that like it wasn't that bad. like it was not great but when you no. compare it to how women live in our world it's kind of like they're very different like yeah. and i remember it, it's not exactly directly flipped exactly yeah i think a big point was that you neither want the extreme matriarchy nor the extreme patriarchy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because no one can fully benefit under either system. Yeah. Like Ken was suffering because he felt his only purpose was for Barbie. And in the real world, women are suffering because men make it that way, yeah. <laughs> for lack of better words. So, yeah, I think it was really interesting to just see that even in the Barbie world, Ken's weren't happy. Sure, it was a little sweeter on their side. But I have to say one of my critiques with that was that at the end of the movie, when all the Kens were fighting... All the Barbies went and reinstated the matriarchy yeah. and basically ignored the whole satire that Barbie land is a flip of the patriarchy. So they reinstated the patriarchy with giving Ken a very, very limited role in it. So I felt like that kind of defeated the purpose. That was just me scratching my head at the end. And I saw a Guardian article that really 
follow the same kind of thoughts I was having. Like, what do they do all this for to make Ken's equal to Barbie's to just only give them maybe instead of no power in their current government or society, Mm -hmm. just a bit more like I forget what the it was like lower level government that they were able to run positions for, which is like. I feel <laughs> like it was supposed to be funny because like, oh, that's how women are in the real world. But then why are you reinstating? Mm-hmm. I thought you learned mm-hmm. the lesson of everyone needs a place and like equity. But yeah, like they should be involved in that higher up conversation now yeah. that we've addressed it. Like they shouldn't have to work their way from the theoretical bottom now. Because if, if we're comparing that to women in the real world, that would mean that. In the feminist movement, like in the early 1900s, let's say like, oh, women still to start. Like they couldn't even begin to enter the conversation because they don't have enough experience or something. Mm -hmm. That is – to me, that's what that translates to. Like you have to start at the bottom and work your way to us. And that's why – see, this whole film, I'm like, it's so Mm self-aware because that is what – it just – Is it too self-aware though? Exactly. That's a good question. It's crazy. Yeah, because I I know – I think about it too much. It's crazy. (laughs) Well, with the heads of Mattel, they were trying to make them like these bumbling men that are a company built for, I guess, women, but run by men, which Mm -hmm. is often the reality. And they made them very silly, kind of goofy characters with Will. What's his name? Farrell. Yeah. Will Farrell. A CEO. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was funny. I have to admit the Barbie chase scene was hilarious. But some people were critiquing it as weaponized incompetence. Like Mattel is jokingly addressing their problematic history of a company run by men. And Saying what women should, should look like. Have, yes. Like, yeah. Exactly. So I think there's definitely some solid critiques about how they went about it. Yeah, because at the end of the day, there's still a company run by men. They're still shaping the way women view themselves and how society they're still making dolls they're still making dolls they still have so much influence in so many realms of the world and that's it's so it's so weird it's so crazy yeah it's like they're commodifying critiques of society yeah back to capitalism everything's just (laughs) consumerism they're kind of hinging on ruth handler because it's like oh she made this doll so her daughter could have an example of what like a a working woman looks like Mm -hmm. it's like that's great but what are – she's not the CEO anymore. Like, she's not – she's not alive. Yeah. She's not alive. Yeah. No. no. I don't think so. <laughs> She'd be old. But no, like, yeah. she's not alive. And you can start something on a great idea, but that doesn't mean that, like, that is still – you guys are still representing that image today. hmm What's the word? How, like, authentic is it if it's a, if it's a man still kind of dictating those decisions? Mm-hmm. And, like, yes, you're poking fun of that, but what does it mean if that's still the case? Like, that's why I'm like, I'm like I don't know. What do you think the longevity of this movie, like, its message? In five, ten years, in the next five months, like, do you think people will, I don't know, what do you think its message is or has impacted? I think we have to wait and see how the debates hash out. Yeah. Because right now there's just so many voices flooding like every form of media online right now. So it's hard to settle my opinion of what it will look like in the future. Mm-hmm. I personally, as I've already said so many times, I enjoyed the film. I can enjoy this film as just a Barbie lover and yeah. as a female, as Let a woman. Let women have fun. No, yes. that's exactly Let it. Let women have fun and have playful things. And yes, we're critiquing it, but also it can also just be yeah. so not serious. Yes. Yeah, as much as we're critiquing it and talking about the deeper <laughs> meaning of it, that doesn't mean that because you enjoyed it, you're bad. Like, it, yeah. that doesn't, it doesn't yes, mean like, anything. Yes, like, I loved the like, costumes. It was, a, it was entertaining. <laughs> it was beautifully done. And yes. like I'll watch, like I'll watch it probably later when it comes out on some streaming service. I'll theoretically play it in the future. It's not like the movie will suddenly turn bad, you know. Mm-hmm. It's an entertaining movie with a great message, great ideas about kindness and motherhood, and like what it means to be a woman. And that's not going to change. It was cheeky. It yeah, did it, it very cheeky. cheekily. And like 
the the part with Depression Barbie and watching Pride and Prejudice, I was like, wow, um, I actually just watched that last month. So it was <laughs> it was really it was a great time. It was a fun way to be seen. They kept it serious, but then they also had really funny moments like that. That's where that's why I kind of I appreciate it for the basis of what it is. It is a fun movie for women to have dress up and have friends to go see it with and it's like it's it's a fun experience and as much as it does dive dive into deeper like topics mm-hmm. at its base level it's just freaking fun and it celebrates just women having fun and being playful and that's not celebrated enough because men yeah. are always like or the patriarchy is always like <laughs> We have Sorry, Oppenheimer. Have. We have. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Like, you have to, as soon as Barbie came out, everyone was like, oh, but Oppenheimer, like, are you going to be the smart? Are you going to be a little smart person and go see Oppenheimer? Are you going to be, like, you know, like a little dummy and go see Barbie? Like, just yeah. kind of harping on it for being a fun option geared towards women. Mm-hmm. Why, cannot, why can we not enjoy things that are not serious without the patriarchy telling us that that's stupid one direction yeah i was a 1d <laughs> fan so what about it taylor swift okay i love taylor can we not admit these things women can't yeah. love things they, they really cannot, cannot be passionate things. about things they cannot mm-hmm. no which gloria you hit the nail on the head in your dialogue yeah. yeah yeah we literally just cannot have fun without us feeling bad about it mm-hmm and that's what I said this earlier, but I do think that when when you say like long lasting impact of the film, I don't think it will be that grand in terms of like it didn't change filmmaker. Like it didn't do much in that, but the impact it's going to have is the moment it created right now. Mm-hmm. And like I, I think the impact of the movie is just this. It, it al- allowed women to come together, women and any sort of femme presenting person who can identify with like seeing uh, women on screen and seeing um, like more female things. It, it, like, brought people together. It was just girls having fun. Um, You can look into it as deep as you want. You can do whatever. But ultimately, it created a moment that we can come together and celebrate something. And I I think that's, like, that's enough. Yeah. When I reflect on this in maybe 10 years. Yes. (laughs) You are Kenav. No. When I reflect on this in maybe 5 or 10 years, I'm going to remember the experience of just going to the theater and for the first time, just seeing so many people enthused about this film that everyone can relate to. And if we think about the current state of media, mm-hmm. you don't have, we don't have like films or TV shows that people watch on network TV anymore. That was like a big cultural in like the 90s and stuff. Oh, everyone watched Friends on Thursday. And then we talked about it at work on Friday. And if you didn't see the episode, oh, that was the kind of like, oh, crap, I can't join this conversation with my coworkers. And that's kind of what Barbie has created this like mass media, mass culture event again, where I'm we've talked about this at, at the office. Our uh, communications manager hadn't seen Barbie and she was like, oh, sorry, I can't talk about it. And she felt so bad because this is like a big cultural moment and you just kind of want to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, cultural moment. I read in um, an article, either Greta Gerwig or Margot Robbie said this, but this movie couldn't have happened in mm-hmm. any other climate. Like this was just such a unique point in time really that was. they could produce this movie with such a large budget with it's not even that intense of a feminist message, but with this sort of message. So like you were saying, Britta, it's really exciting to see this kind of momentum in films that mm-hmm. this sort of empowering energy going into media that can influence so many people in such a great way i've like i've been i guess i didn't know it but i was waiting internally for a film that while not perfect did allow me to feel seen in my experience as a woman and i don't know if i've consumed that much media that has kind of blatantly exposed the experience so well like I feel like walking out of that of the theater just making eye contact with the other ladies it was Mm -hmm. just like I see you we see each other this world's crazy but at least we have each other (laughs) solidarity yeah Yeah. solidarity exactly hopefully men if they were watching can get get behind that solidarity yeah Mm -hmm. and they can see too that they can see that they're enough and yeah whatever role this movie played in their lives maybe it can help yeah. Chip away at the patriarchy. And we're all Kanaf. We're all Kanaf. We're all Kanaf. We Just, all have Ken energy. It's Barbie and it's Ken. 
Yes. And like, you just are. Like, you just are who you are. <laughs> That's exactly. so deep. Be who That's you so are. Be who you are. <laughs> so a scene that particularly hit me hard was the scene where Barbie's at the bus stop and she looks over and sees mm-hmm. this older woman who I think in Barbie land, they don't age. Yeah. So she's never seen a woman with wrinkles. And when she just turns her and she's like, you're beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to cry. And she goes, I know. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. With the biggest grin on her face. I know. What are like, did you guys cry at that or like just feel a gust of I just had the biggest cheesy smile on my face (laughs) I was just it was just such a sweet little moment in the movie Mm -hmm. after she's been like so through so much in the real world she finds a woman who's comfortable with herself and loves herself and Barbie can kind of start realizing that she can be like that too again Mm -hmm. and especially in I mean we've talked about being a woman but a part aspect of that is you can't age and that's a big thing i was quite literally watching the new season of the kardashians um yesterday and there's a scene where chris jenner's like oh the doctor said i'm like it's like i'm 40 and my roommate and i just were so uncomfortable by it because we're like it you're not 40 this is it's great that you're healthy but it's she's framing it in terms of like she's afraid of aging and it's like that's fine you've lived a great life like you have to embrace that age and it was so nice to see this woman who genuinely was old like she it's not like they've casted someone young and like we're pretending that she was old which is what they do most of the time anyway when they're talking about like grandparents or something (laughs) but it was so nice to see genuine age and then also acceptance of that age which most especially celebrity women don't like talk about and I was honestly when she said you're so beautiful, I was I was preparing myself for the older woman to say like, oh, my gosh, no, like like kind of denying it. Like I feel like so yeah. many women do like being like, no, I'm not. But thank you. Like I look so bad today or something like I find I do that when I'm complimented. Mm-hmm. Like so I see it all the time. But when she fully embraced that and she had self love for herself and was not afraid to show it and was just like, I know. And owning it, I was like, I need to be more like that woman. Mm-hmm. I, that part just made me sob. Yeah, it was cool. And I mean, none of us are mothers, but no. that <laughs> was also another moment. And when she's with Ruth Handler and has all the flashback of the like, real um, videos of women, oh my like that is another section that hit me in a similar way that the that simple interaction at the bus stop did. Yeah, the quote that's, uh, it's not exact, but mothers stand still so their daughters can see how far they've come. Yeah. That really tearjerker right there. And <laughs> that really that was a tearjerker. And beautiful, just... Billie Eilish song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you made for? Something I forget. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh my gosh. I remember just tears like streaming down my yeah. face. Being a woman is so hard. So, like, it's hard. <laughs> there's like, so much complexity. There's so much complexity and I thought I'd be able to put it into words in a better way but it's just hard to like i don't know it's hard that movie meant so much but it also i mean obviously there's didn't do everything perfect but it did mean so much to see yeah and what it yeah what it means is still important it was kind of hard i felt like i was confronted with things that i don't like to think about all the time Mm -hmm. like aging and like how but it did it so politely exactly it was polite is the perfect word it was very like i was still able to laugh but I was also crying, and yes. it made the experience really unique and enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, we had that beautiful scene on the bus, and then Ken is like, like on a horse, yeah, literally. <laughs> trying to do surgery. <laughs> Ken was hilarious. And he was, yeah. like, he was hilarious. I need a scalpel, please. And she's like, oh, was, "Sir, who are you?" Ken just beaches. So he just beach. Which, yeah, guys, what is beach? Yeah, beach is everything but nothing. It, you, it's not a lifeguard. <laughs> it's just beach. beach. Yeah. I love beach. Hmm. Okay, I'll do the last question. Okay. If you guys were any Barbie, if you can make a Barbie for yourself, what would it be? That's a really good question. Yeah, which also the idea of like putting yourself into one name and one box, whole other, whole other issue. But <laughs> I play Sims. I'll just treat this like Sims. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you were Barbie, what would it be? I have to say I love the design of the Jane Goodall Barbie. 
she's got her little explorer gear on it's adorable yeah she just posted on instagram so i immediately liked that one (laughs) but yeah i'd probably want some hike looking attire yeah not to stereotype myself but (laughs) look like an outdoors enthusiast Mm -hmm. i think i would have loved that ball as a kid Mm -hmm. i would want a barbie that is in oversized boxers, shirt, <laughs> and socks with greasy hair and is laying on the couch and rotting. And so they rotting. A look-alike? <laughs> yeah, they look alike. Rotting into the Not to the bring in a couch. man, but is that just an Adam Sandler Barbie? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Because I, I do love Adam Sandler. Yes. Like, they were talking about, there was like, this Barbie has anxiety or something. Like, a Barbie that represents, like... <laughs> Depression Barbie. Depression Barbie. Like, I want, like... And every day, like actual truthful everyday Barbie. Yeah. That involves rotting and lying and chilling and having no <laughs> thoughts, but also having millions of thoughts. And yeah. What what would your Barbie be? Um, I've thought about this a lot actually. Um and <laughs> Is that I've, why you asked the question? <laughs> yes. And this is the question I've been asking all my friends too. But I've concluded I want Lake Michigan Barbie. Oh. Miss Mishy, as I call her. Lake Barbie, I don't know. That's so cute. Is, is no. that just a beach Barbie? Maybe, but it's specifically at Lake Michigan. That is amazing. Okay, go in depth. Go further. Um, she enjoys the lake, and <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> she wants no more invasive species. Yeah, no more. Um, yeah, no blue green algae. No blue green algae. Like yeah, she just wants to swim in Lake Michigan all the time. That's Love. the Barbie I want. Does she come with a hammock, perchance? No. Oh, um, I think my Barbie would. Okay, yeah. If the outdoorsy Barbie, yeah. Outdoorsy Barbie, yep. She would not come with a hammock, but she would come with a, a map of Lake Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, guys. I need Lake Michigan in the form of a Barbie. <laughs> like mine would come with a bag of hot chip and Arizona iced tea and a TV that's constantly like being sipped <laughs> Remote, like glued to, to the little hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would you Barbies come with like partner Barbies, like your like girlfriends? Like Oh, my girlfriends. Yeah. They need to be with my Barbie. They have to be there. Yeah. I need my friend Barbies. I know I'd need my friend. I wouldn't be yeah. no Barbie without my friend Barbies. Exactly. <laughs> and it wouldn't have been the movie without my friends there. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, thank you so much for listening to the Sustain UW podcast. We hope you all harness your sustainable energy. And have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, Barbie. Bye, Barbie. Bye, Barbie. <laughs>thanks to the director of sustainability at UW Madison, Dr. Missy Nurgard, and to the director of sustainability education and research, Professor Andrea Hicks. Thanks also to the Nelson Institute for Environmental Studies and to Facilities Planning and Management for supporting this podcast. The making of these episodes requires a lot of behind-the-scenes work from the entire intern podcast team, and we are so grateful for their efforts. Until next time, continue thinking about how to best sustain UW.